0: Welcome to the Community Church Podcast, Your Place to Belong. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's message. I hope that it blesses and encourages you. As you make your way back in this morning with Sundays in hand, we are starting just a new series this morning. Uh, just looking at the idea of it's Christmas time. Christmas is more than just December 25th. Uh, it's actually, as you very well know, it's like a whole season over things. But I, I think more than just the season over things, there's it's a time in people's lives, and it's kind of a benchmark moment, and, and there's an expectation over Christmas. It's uh, an expectation, you know, it's a season when you expect there to be joy. It's a season when you long for unity and really notice when there isn't unity. Uh, it's a season when uh, you expect miracles, and, and I, I'm in that same boat. And so how do we walk through the Christmas time of year, and how do we allow God to speak to us over this time? How many know it gets a little busy and hectic during the Christmas season? You know, when you talk to anyone this time of year, Uh, you know, just do a little survey today. And so when you say hi to like 10 people, probably like eight out of 10 people will say, hey, how's it going? Oh, it's so busy this time of year. You know what I mean? That's just kind of our natural, like you just, everyone just gets in the hustle mode. Yesterday, in fact, I went, uh, I'm not a real shopper. I don't, uh, which would surprise you because I'm like very GQ like in my style. Not so much, but um, you, you know, I don't, I'm not like the mall frequenter, but yesterday I had to pick up some stuff for church for today. And so I said to Carla about uh, three o'clock, Oh, I'm going to go down to the mall. And she's like, Oh, you're brave. And I said, What are you talking about? She said, Oh, it's mall on Saturday. And I hadn't really been to the mall on a Saturday in a long time, especially this Saturday, the first week of December. <sighs> and it's just like, you know, I think people approach the mall, like, it, it seems to me kind of like as football players, you know, set on the line and get ready, and they've got the play, and they're like running the field. In the same way, people are like working the mall, and they've, you know, they're on a mission, they are dialed in, and they're, they're, they're just like, whoa. And so in the midst of all the chaos, in the midst of all the busyness, and it's important to remain calm, time. Waiting on things. If you know me, I don't. uh, One of the things I probably struggle with is the patience department, and you know, always kind of, you know, I often have two little margins between when I meet and just try and fill too much in and time. Just, ah, you know, I'm the guy that Carla gets really cranky sometimes in the, you know, driving in the fast lane. I get kind of agitated by the people driving slow in the fast lane and. I'll give them a little uh, light flash to remind them that they're in the wrong lane. And Carla's like, stop that, stop that. And I'm like, you know, you just, you know, always go, 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 go in a hurry. And Christmas can be one of those seasons where we lose out sometimes on what God really wants to do in us because we're in such a hurry all the time. Waiting on God. Well, before we get into his word this morning, here's what I want you to do. You can move around, sit with somebody who looks like they're impatient and, um, Uh, What are the top 10 places that Canadians uh, hate having to wait? So these are general kind of ideas, not super specific, but general places. Top 10 places Canadians hate waiting. I'll give you 30 seconds. Come up with as many as you can. Go. Top 10 places Canadians hate waiting. Places Canadians hate waiting. What's the top 10 places Canadians hate waiting? 10 more seconds. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, Four, three, two, Er, okay, time's up. We'll see how you did on our little quiz this morning. Top 10 places Canadians hate waiting. Uh, Number 10, on the phone tech support. Uh, So how many people hate that? I actually, yesterday, my dad called me. I'm my dad's tech support. And so I went down yesterday to install a new TV for my dad. And so then I had to call Star Choice to get it, like, rebooted up and So you call and they're like, oh, we're experiencing a higher than usual volume of calls. I'm like, yeah, right, that's always on there. And then, uh, you know, they said it's going to be like 13 minutes till you reach somebody. 45 minutes later, it was actually 47 minutes later, and then you're like, oh, you know, you're uh, on the phone. Number uh, nine, coffee shops, Tim Hortons, Starbucks, that kind of stuff. You ever been in Tim Hortons line and you get the long line, like, and you finally get, you know, The person gets up to line in front of you, and they've been there like 10 minutes, and then like, hmm, I don't know what I want. And you're like, come on, you had 10 minutes in line. Uh, Coffee shops, Uh, number eight, movie theaters. Number seven, washrooms. That's a bad one when you're waiting in line and you really gotta go. Uh, Number six, airports and airport security. How many times, you know, especially if you're in the, You know, just regular seats, and you can see kind of first-class passengers, you know, get the one smooth line, and you have, the like, the zigzag line through the whole thing. Uh, Number five, grocery stores and retail stores. Uh, You know, the grocery stores, I don't know how many of you are the person at Walmart that has a coupon for everything and wants to price match, and you're behind that person, and they're like, oh, just one second, and they've got, like, for every single item, oh. So, uh, number four, the bus. Uh, waiting for the bus. Number three, theme parks. Disney or Kansas Wonderland, you know, waiting in line. You wait for like an hour for the 45-second ride. Uh, number two, hospitals and ER rooms and hospitals. And number one, dun, 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 government offices. So health car, driver's license. Uh, waiting in those can be a long time. Tell you how you did. How many people got at least two? At least two, three, four, five, six. How many did you guys get at the back, Joel? Five? Anyone beat five? Give a hand to our most impatient table this morning. And so, or most patient, maybe it's the other way around. So you ever waited on something for a while and just, you know, been in a process of, you know, you waited on something and then the end result of waiting on it was really good. Like when you just held out and you waited and, and there, was, there was, it was worth the wait, so to speak. Just with the person beside you, just for a moment, just tell me a story about, or tell them a story about when sometime you waited for something and it was worth the wait. Go ahead. Waiting on things. Um, This time of year, I, well, first of all, some of the good things that I waited, I remember waiting for a long time uh, for my wife, Carla, to discover that I was really the guy she should be uh, dating and marrying. And so that was well worth the wait for her to kind of come to the realization of that. Um, it was a long wait, too. <laughs> I remember this time of year, 14 years ago, it was the last week of November that we um, found out that we were going to have a baby. And I was so pumped and so excited. And and for any of you who have had kids, you re- remember that process. And, and uh, just the waiting, you know, that... That nine months, uh, or it was actually nine months and change, uh, by the time uh, Grace came into this world, August 27th, and and I was so excited, you know, like getting the room ready and getting the car seat in the car, then you take it out, put it back in, get it all all ready, and just that excitement and and with all that anticipation that was building, and then the final moment when you know they 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 gave me grace into my hands and I was able to hold my daughter for the first time. It was like, And all the waiting and anticipation and it's like, oh, so worth it. So, so worth it. So many times the waiting is hard though. The waiting is difficult, the waiting is a challenge, the, the, the lead up and the, the time of like anticipation ahead of when we see the reality of what we know is going to happen, but yet that, that period in between, it's hard sometimes, especially when it's something that's a challenge that we're waiting for. Especially when there's been moments, and maybe some of you, you're going through a season where God's spoken promises over your life, or or there's dreams that you have on your heart, God-given dreams, and yet it just hasn't seemed to happen yet. It just hasn't seemed to come to fruition yet, and you've been waiting, and you've been holding out, but it just, is God ever going to come through? The story of Christmas, the narrative of the incarnation of Christ, is really one that weaves a lot through the idea of waiting on God. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Luke's Gospel, chapter 1. And we read this story of uh, two players in the, in the Christmas narrative, Zechariah and Elizabeth. Now, Zechariah and Elizabeth, um, later we find out, you know, they're cousin of uh, Mary and, and then Joseph in and the, and the whole narrative. And... Um, so Zechariah and Elizabeth, as we wait on this story, as we read this story, um, they'd been waiting on a child. They'd been barren. They weren't, weren't able to have kids, and it'd been a long time. In fact, so long that they were, or thought to be, past the childbearing stage of things. Now, in our culture, this is really hard, you know, and I've walked with lots of couples. This is, this is awfully hard still. But in that culture, it was even harder because your kids were kind of your status. Like, status for us today is okay. What's our job, or maybe how big is your house, or where is your house, and or what kind of car do you drive? Those are status symbols today. In that day and age, status was defined by how many kids do you have you know what I mean? If you wanted to brag, you know, they would say, oh, wow, look at how many kids you have. You know, that was the kind of the big deal, right? How many goats you had and how many kids you had. That was the big uh, thing. And and so uh, this was kind of the the measure, the metric of success. And so for them to not have kids was like, it was awful. It was horrible, it was so hard, and shame was attached to that and difficulty. And here we read Zechariah and Elizabeth were part of the priestly line, and they were involved Another, they were involved in the life of the temple, just like today it would be like they're regular churchgoers. They're regularly part of things. They were serving, they were a part of the mission. And we read that they were actually faithful prayer praying about this, and they, verse 6 and 7 of Luke chapter 1 says that they were upright and walking in what God had called them to do. Good people, but weren't in the situation that they'd dreamt of. Experiencing, God, where are you in all of this? So we pick this story up, and Zechariah is doing his shift in the temple, his regular duty, and just kind of faithfully plodding forward in what God had called him to. Verse 11 says, the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of, in, of the incense. So, Zechariah had been drawn. It said that they drew names, and, and he was the guy to, to light the incense candles around, and so he'd gone into the kind of the, the holy of holy areas that they don't normally go in. And, and he was the one kind of lighting the candles. And, and as he was in there, this angelic visitation, this moment, when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. And how many times, you know, we're not expecting God to show up in areas that he does. And it freaks us out sometimes. Verse 13, but the angel said to him, don't be afraid, Zachariah. I love this. Your prayers have been heard. In other words, that presupposes that he was praying about it. That that you know sometimes we feel like our prayers are just hitting the ceiling, like and that God, God, are you even listening? He says, Your prayers have been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you are to give him the name John and he will be a joy and a delight to you and many will rejoice in his birth. I like this kind of paradox. So hey, you've been in sorrow, you've been in pain because you haven't experienced you know, the, the fruition of what God has promised to you but this is going to be a joy to you and this is going to be even beyond you that others will rejoice in this. This is a big deal. His name's to be John. And then he speaks about a Nazareth vow. It's that he's not to have any alcohol. And, and Zechariah has a hard time believing this. Zechariah struggles with this. And he questions, you know, God in this and says, you know, we're, this is, we're, we're past this time in our lives. And God says, okay, well, here's how we're going to reveal it. As you're waiting for this anticipation, I'm going to take away your ability to speak for the nine months until this child is born, born, and then everyone else will grow with anticipation because they're going to know something. Everyone else is going to experience the anticipation of this with you as they wait. Waiting. You know, sometimes I read through Scripture and I wrestle with how God called people to wait. Sometimes as I walk the journey with many of you, and I know your stories, and I, I wrestle with you know the, the promise of God there, but yet you're in the waiting moment. You haven't seen the, the fruition of that promise just yet. How do we wait on God? Psalm 37, 7, listen to a few verses of Scripture around waiting on God. Be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for Him. In the midst of a world that's full of noise and distraction, it says push those things back for a moment. Wait on the Lord. Isaiah 40, 31 says, but those who wait on the Lord, what's gonna happen? They will renew their strength. They'll mount up like wings of eagles. They'll shall run and not grow weary. They will walk and will not faint. When we trust in God, he'll give us new energy to run the course that he's called us to. He'll give us as the, the idea of the eagle. He'll give us a new perspective that we'll see in a different kind of way over things when we wait on him. Psalm 135 and 6 says, I wait, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits. And in his word, I hope, my soul waits for the Lord. More than a watchman waits for the morning, more than a watchman waits for the morning. It's not a misprint there, but for emphasis, this poetic language of just waiting, the guttural kind of, oh, I'm waiting on you. How many of you have ever worked shift work before? Anyone ever worked the night shift before? And you know what that's like? It's, oh, it can be hard. When I was in uh, seminary, I, I worked as a night watchman for a little bit just to kind of make ends meet. It's a hard job in the sense of like, you know, middle of the night. And all my goof-off friends used to know when I was on shift and they would come and just try and do things to scare me in the middle of the night. It was awful, but... Um, <laughs> You know, you get to that 4.30 in the morning moment, and I used to have to do rounds. I have this big mag light flashlight, and I would walk and do the rounds. And, and you know, you get to that moment, you're just longing for daybreak. And it seems at that time of night like it's the darkest time of the night. You know what I mean? It just seems like there's just so much darkness around us. And, and this verse says, as we wait for the Lord, like a watchman waits for morn, like a watchman waits, so we wait on the Lord. Are you waiting on Him? Are you trusting in Him? Lamentations 3.25, listen to what it says. The Lord is good to those who wait on him, to the soul who seeks him. The Lord is good. Turn the person beside you and say, the Lord is good. You got to say it with a little like gusto. Say, good. You know, the Lord is good to those who wait. It speaks here of blessing. Actually, as we wait on God, there is blessing in our lives. When we wait on him, that God actually brings about goodness over our lives in the seasons of when it doesn't look like it's going to unfold for us the way that we want it to look. Isaiah 30 verse 18 says, Therefore, the Lord waits to be gracious to you, And therefore, he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are those who wait on him. See, this paradox, it says, actually, sometimes God's actually waiting for us. So he wants to give blessing. So there's something about us in the waiting process that God wants to work on us sometimes. That it's about his justice. And that there's something that needs to be developed in us and and for the timing to be right. What are some of the benefits of of waiting? Why does God make us wait sometimes? Why does God uh, allow us to go through these things? I think waiting it reveals our true motives. You see, some that it brings the best out of them, and in some it brings the worst out of them. In waiting, it it kind of it speaks to what our motive is about. It also builds patience in our lives. You know, there's so many times that I have to learn patience, and sometimes God has a way of working in us to build some of those things. He's so much more concerned about the journey than the destination. Waiting also builds anticipation in our lives. You know, like a kid on Christmas morning, you know, when I was a kid, we used to get so excited about Christmas and, you know, those 25 days December seemed like the longest day, you know, waiting, and and then on Christmas morning, I was never an early morning kid. I was not that kid, but but on Christmas morning, we'd always get up crazy early, and then my parents wouldn't let us down the stairs until they finally said, "Okay, you can go," and and so then we'd go downstairs and run downstairs, and we'd open up. Our, we were only allowed to open up our stocking. That was it. We couldn't open up any presents yet. So we'd open up our stocking, and then we had to wait for them to come down. And then my dad read the Christmas story, like the biblical account of Jesus first. And I swear my dad would read so slow. And I was like, come on. Like, uh," you know, like I could see those presents right there. And I'm like, oh. And he'd just be like, you know, reading. And oh, I'm like, today, come on, Dad. You know, hurry it up. There's something about it builds anticipation. You know what I find is the things that I've waited for and longed for, I appreciate more than the things that just kind of come quick and there's no weight to it. Waiting also transforms our character. I think sometimes God has a way of of taking those rough edges of our lives and smoothing those down through the wait. Remember Moses, 40 years out in Midian, and he had to get some rough edges smoothed off before God could really use him to deliver the people of Israel. Also, waiting builds an intimacy and a dependency on God. There's something about when I get desperate and I say, God, I need you, and I, and there's something in that waiting process that gets me to a spot where, God, I just need to be close to you. So how do we wait well? How do we wait to win, so to speak? How do you find the wins in the wait? You can either, you know, hate the wait, or you can enjoy the wait. You know, when you're at this, you know, at... Uh, Canada's Wonderland or Disney or somewhere like that you know your kids can just like have a horrible time in the line or you can make it fun and actually have a win in the line how do you make life when you're in the waiting process of win rather than the hate to wait how do we win in that and so from Zacharias and Elizabeth's story a couple things number one is if we're gonna make the win uh, or make the way to win number one is we have to wait with expectation Zachariah here this day, I I wonder if he really thought, okay, today's the day of the miracle. You know, for their whole lives, they've been praying. They've been wanting this baby. They've been wanting this, and they had the promise of God over their lives, but then it just didn't seem like it was happening, and they lost hope a little bit. In fact, he doubted because he's like, I've lost so much hope that even when I have like a crazy miracle, like an angelic visitation, I still can't even get my mind around it because... All hope has been kind of lost. See, some of you have lost hope in your situation. God's maybe given you a dream. God's spoken something to your heart. And as time has gone on and you've just said, you know what? It's not going to happen. You know what? I'm going to pack it in on that. And some of you have actually started to think the worst is going to happen all the time. And you've conditioned yourself to say, okay, I'm going to anticipate bad things rather than the blessing of God, and you've begun to speak that even over your life. I want to challenge you and I want to encourage you to begin to live with a hope, to begin to live and say, Okay, what, what if every morning you woke up and said, I wonder what kind of miracle God's going to do in my life today? What if you woke up every morning and, and said to your wife or said to your husband, Today, Today might just be a day God does incredible miracles. Today might be the day that things open up and, and are transformed. Today just might be that day. What if you woke up every day and, you know, like as Zechariah, he was the one that got his name drawn to, to kind of go in and, and light the candles, just a duty that he had, someone had to do, and he drew that straw. What if every time there was opportunity, you said, okay, maybe God wants to speak to me in this opportunity. Or do you live and say, oh, nothing's going to change. Everything's going to be horrible. And you wait for that shoe to drop all the time. This past, uh, it was actually two weeks ago, I went out um, with one of the guys from the church. And Diane always sets my calendar. And and it's uh, like point. 9% of the time, it's filled with stuff that I look forward to, and I'm excited about meeting with people and situations, and even in hard moments, uh, uh, you know, there's a redeeming factor in that. But every once in a while, there's just, like, moments and, and appointments that just suck the life out of you, you know what I mean? If I'm truly honest. And this is one of those ones, and I was having lunch with a guy, and he just, I, I always say he has the Eeyore syndrome, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And so I was meeting with them, and after about five or eight minutes of, of there, and it's just like, oh, this is going to be horrible, and this is going to be bad, and, you know, doomsday predictions over this and that and everything. I, I finally, like, I tapped the table. I said, tap, I can't handle it anymore. Now, I don't pretend that I'm a great counselor, so don't take this as good practice. But I finally said, enough, I can't handle it anymore. And he's like, What? I said, all you've done is spoken about negative things that will possibly happen. I said, all you're doing is looking for horrible things to happen in your life all the time. Stop it. And he's like, well, it's going to but my family. And I said, stop it. So I finally said, okay, every time he starts saying something negative, I'm going to stop you. And he's like, well, but you don't understand. It's it's all bad, stop it. And so over the course of lunch, I had to stop him like 25 times. I'm like, stop it. Stop it. Just stop it. And he was he's like, well, I don't have anything to talk about then. And I was like, yeah, I'm starting to get the point here. Some of you have just spoken death over your situation. Some of you continue to just kind of look forward with anticipation to bad things happening all the time. And I'm not just talking about positive confession here. But I'm talking about waking up and saying, okay. See, I find in my life where there is expectation of miracle... Oftentimes, I see God's hand at work. Where there is no expectation, rarely is there a manifestation of that in my life. But when I live my life with an expectation, okay, God, what are you gonna do today? God, how are you gonna surprise me? God, how are you gonna work in this situation? God, what are you gonna redeem for your glory? It's amazing what comes out. Would you begin to live your life and say, okay, I'm going to live with an expectation. See, anticipation, it forward points the view of our lives. Isaiah 64, 4 says, Since, we, since the world began, no ear is heard, no eye is seen, a God like you who works for those who wait on him. In other words, it's beyond what you can imagine when you wait on him. Could you, I bet you Zechariah in his wildest dreams, never would have expected that their child would be talked about the first weekend of December in Waterdown, Ontario. Do you know what I mean? Like in his wildest dreams, he couldn't have comprehended that. And just maybe, God's at work at something that's bigger than you. Live with expectations. Secondly, if we're going to get the winds and the weight, I think we have to always be faithful Verse 6 and 7 speaks of how they were upright, how in, even in the midst of the barrenness, it, they still walked in what God had for them. You know what? They were still serving in the temple. They were still living out God's call over their life, even in the midst of, of when things hadn't gone the way they anticipated them going. Here's what I find is sometimes when things don't go the way that we seem or the, the wait is too long, We let our heart grow bitter. We let our heart grow jaded or we become cynical or we back off and we pack it in and give up. Zechariah, he's just faithfully plotting. Okay, Lord, time will tell. He's just serving. Sometimes I think in our lives, God calls us just to be faithful in the midst of when it doesn't like... Lord, I don't understand right now. God, what? Where are you in all of this? And it seems like all those around me are prospering, but yet, Lord, I'm going to guard my heart. See, Proverbs says this: it says, "Above all else, guard your heart." Why? Because it's the wellspring of life. Sometimes, in the midst of it, you got to guard your heart. You got to guard and say, "Okay, God, help me to be faithful, even when I don't understand, even when it's difficult." Even Lord, just help me to plod away. James 5, verse 7 and 8 says, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until he receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. And listen to this you also be patient, it says, Establish your hearts, for the deliverance of the Lord is at hand. Establish your hearts. Are you going to say, you know what, I'm going to dig in. You know when I don't see the answer right in front of me right now or, or it seems like things aren't going the way that I wanted them to go. I'm going to establish my heart. I'm going to say, Lord, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to commit to be faithful even in the midst of it, even when I don't think it seems fair. Wait with expectation. Always be faithful. And then third this morning. We need to be in prayer. Luke 1.13 says, The angel said to him, Don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayers have been heard. Your prayers have been heard. Your prayers have been answered. Sometimes in the midst of the challenges, in the midst of the wait, it feels like heaven is closed. It feels like, God, I, I want to challenge you and encourage you that Prayer is so key, so key to victory in your life, so key to kind of seeing the fruition of what God wants to do. I don't know like why God allows us to labor like that sometimes in prayer, but, but it actually says in Luke's gospel it gives Jesus gives this parable and in Luke 18 verse 1 to 8 he speaks of this parable called the parable of persistent widow. And it says this widow, she went before an unrighteous judge and she wanted to get her case heard. And, and so she went before the judge and the judge said, no, I'm not listening and sent her away. And, and so she just kept coming back day after day after day after day after day. And finally, it says the judge, not because he wanted to grant her her request, but just because of her tenacity, just because of her persistence and just coming to him, he just finally says, okay, you win. I'll listen to you. You've got what you've asked for. And he said, if an unrighteous judge would treat someone that way, how much more a God that loves us? And he said, in this way, persist in prayer, that we need to keep coming before the Lord and expectant for him to do something. This week, as I was preparing, I, I was chatting with um, a guy by the name of Dave Slater. Now, some of you have been at Community for a long time. You would know Dave and Dave helped us when we first started community, and then when we decided to plant Lyft Church, our university church at McMaster, out of community, he was the guy that we hired to to uh, to pastor that and to to take that on. And I remember Dave in the early days, and Dave and Beth—they'd been wanting a, a baby for a long time, like a long time. In fact, it had grown to the spot where it was it was hard on them, and Beth on. Um, like Mother's Day was not a good Sunday of the year. In fact, that whole month around that was hard and she would she just couldn't even come to church on Mother's Day anymore. It was just it was just like you know, and they'd tried everything and they'd seen everybody and they they'd been through the whole gamut and for like fifteen years they'd been wanting a baby. And I remember talking with Dave and we'd prayed together a bunch of times and they hadn't made it public with a lot of people. You can imagine the sensitivity around that kind of stuff and and uh So he said, Jay, I'm just going to go away. He said, I feel like God telling me just to, he said, I'm going to just fast and pray and then I'm going to leave it in his hands. Then I'm done. And so he took 40 days, a long time. And I remember being with him in part of that because we did our sermon planning time and, and, and him just taking like good chunks of the day and just praying and seeking God's face and, you know, getting pretty desperate and, at the end of that, it was about a month and change later, he calls me, he said, Jay, you'll never guess. He said, I just can't believe it. And this week, as I was chatting with Dave, and he's telling me about little Katie, who's now starting to grow up, time flies by, and every single time he looks at her, he just knows the miracle of God. See, I don't know when you, you know, the hammer hits the rock, which time the rock is going to shatter. But you just gotta keep hammering. And in the same way in prayer, we just come before God. You know, my kids, each and every night as we go to sleep, we we pray. I've told you this before. We pray over Carla's brain tumor. We just say, God, heal her and and God, God take mom's brain tumor and take it away. And 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 You know, it's been a long time, and it's been a long season, and it's every single night, and it's like, oh, Lord, I'm ready for you to do that miracle, God. We've been waiting for seemingly a long time. But God says, just keep laboring in prayer. Trust me in this. Wait with anticipation. See, today could be the miracle day. Like, tonight might be the night when my kids, like, are on the side of their beds and we pray. Tonight might just be the night that God does something incredible and heals her in a supernatural way. So we just want to keep praying. We want to be faithful and always faithful, just serving. We want to walk in prayer. And then finally, we want to take instruction. This is the one where I find interesting uh, when the angel finally comes and speaks to Zechariah, he says, okay, now I got some steps for you to take, Zechariah. There's some specifics here. And sometimes I, I wrestle even with why God does stuff like that, but there's something about the obedience step that God uh, responds as we walk in obedience. And he says, okay, now his name's going to be John, and I want him to have no fermented drink. I want him to take this vow over his life. So I, you got to set that up, Zechariah. I wonder if Zechariah was like, hmm I don't like the name John. John? I kind of got my name, you know, set around Fred. I like Fred. We're going to call him Fred. I don't know why God gives specifics like that sometimes, but here's what I find in my life when I've been waiting on something for a while. God usually has some action steps. Usually there's there's some centered around obedience steps on my behalf to see the full fruition of what God wants to bring about. Is God calling you to some action steps? Is God calling you to some obedience in the wait? It's no secret, I've been, we've been praying for a new facility at Community. We've got four services and just you guys are in our newest service that we're just starting to build. But we've been waiting on this facility and it has like I don't care where we meet. You know, we've met in a greenhouse. We've met in an RV dealership. I don't care where we meet. We just have to be able to fit everybody in. And, and it's been slower than what I want. And I hate to wait sometimes. You know, and a couple years ago, or a year and change ago, we were, we were like that close. We were like an hour, away. well, not an hour. We were five hours away from signing the deal and like being close. And, and it just kind of went away in a weird way. I'm like, God, we're waiting. This year, God said, okay. I felt like there was an action step. God said, it's not gonna happen until you get your stuff in order. And so he said, you know, the heart of Vision 4, pay off the mortgage. And I'm like, Lord, no one likes to pay down debt. It's not like the fancy way to raise money. And it was like an action step. And there was a few other things that I felt as a lead team, we needed to go to the one site and just pray over it. And so we did, and I, and I felt like the Lord say, scoop up some, some dirt and, and I have a little vial of the dirt and all of the lead team does and we've just been praying and saying, okay, God, we're just gonna, we're waiting on you. There's just action steps though, you know? The wait is hard. But there's much to glean in the weight. Wait. Zechariah and Elizabeth, if you ask them, you know, today, as now they see the bigger picture unfold, and you'd say, Hey, Zechariah and Elizabeth, was it worth the wait? I I bet you they would say, Oh, yeah. Like, seriously, we get to be the parents of John the Baptist. Like, what a good deal. Like, this is amazing. This is this moment. But it's hard in the wait. So if you're in this place today and you're in the midst of the wait, I want to encourage you keep living with an anticipation and a a heart to say okay Lord today could be the day to keep serving and be faithful to what God's called you to stay in prayer and say okay God we're just going to keep seeking you and when the Lord speaks some action steps say okay God whatever you do God Lord help me to be faithful to do that can we pray this morning mighty God We just come before you and ask, Lord, that, uh, Lord, in the midst of the wait, God, we uh, first of all, God, I say thank you that you are never slow, Lord. Even when I don't understand your timing, you are never slow, and God, I say thank you, God, that you have more in store for me than I can imagine if I'll just learn to trust and wait on you, and so, Lord, in the midst of the wait, God. Lord, work on my character. Lord, work on my dependency and my trust in you. God, help me to dream big and live with expectation over my life. God, Lord, help us to be faithful as a church in prayer, Lord, to, to walk in what you have for us. Lord, we pray. Just with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're in this house today and you say, Jay, I, I'm in the midst of the weight and it stinks. It's It's hard and And would you just be praying for me in the midst of the wait season? Maybe it's the the barren, the non-fruitful season. You've been waiting for it to all kind of culminate together. Just with heads bowed and eyes closed, if that's you in the house, just kind of look up and say, Jay, would you just be praying for me in the wait? Yep, Yeah. yep. Lots of us in the house. Lord, you see these ones, God. Today, God, we uh, help us. Lord, strengthen those. Lord, just like Isaiah says, Lord, those who wait on you will renew their strength. They'll mount up like wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and will not faint. Lord, I just pray your strength on each one. Lord, I pray, Lord, uh, heart development, and Lord, that their heart would be steady in you during the wait. God, we pray. So we just come before you today. Thanks for being with us this morning. Tonight, we got our refresh night, 7 o'clock. Love to have you with us for that. Just a time to wait on God. But tonight, today, if you're here and you just say, Jay, I'd like some prayer. Uh, Just gonna be across the front for a few moments. Love to pray with you. If not, go in God's grace and his peace. This week in the waiting, know his faithfulness. Know him working in you. Thanks for being with us. Be blessed as you go, folks. Amen. Thanks for listening in to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media to stay updated with Everything Community Church. Also check us out at www.